Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee, the motivating operation to start your week. Hi, I'm Christina Flores, a board-certified assistant behavior analyst. And I'm Natalie, a board-certified behavior analyst. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoy. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 14. We took a little break last time, but we are back. We have Brittany, who is a BCBA, who is joining us this week. Yes. Yep, Brittany, the BCBA, who is one of my close and dear friends. I'm super, super excited to be interviewing you, Brittany, um, because your ABA experience is so diverse. Uh, She's one of my inspirations in the field. I just love her so much, and I'm so excited to have her on. So go ahead, introduce yourself, Brittany. (laughs) That makes me feel so happy. Um, uh, So I am BCBA um, in the DC area um, on the Virginia side. Um, I just got my certification in May, but I've been in the field about seven years. Um, I worked in Ohio for a little bit and then in North Carolina, and now I'm in Virginia. Oh, I also was in Indonesia for a little bit. That's where I met Christina, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of been all over the place, um, but it's interesting, I think, for me. Like, I haven't been a BCBA that long. Um, but I've been in the field, I guess, for, it feels like forever. <laughs> Brittany, prior to becoming certified in May, were you, um, a BCABA or an RBT? I know you're from a different state. So is BC, being a BCABA a thing? Is being an RBT a thing? Or are you just like a behavior therapist? How does that work in the states you've worked in? So fortunately, when I started, I started a company, I actually came into the field just by a friend recommendation. I had no idea what ABA was. I actually, I'm from a pretty small town in Ohio um, where we didn't have services like that. I remember in school that there weren't one-to-one aids. There weren't special classes for kids that needed a little extra help. Like that just wasn't a thing. Um, And previous to getting into ABA, I was waitressing at a restaurant, just like looking for what do I want to do with my life? And one of my friends said, hey, I really think that you would like this job. So I happened to like interview for the job, had no idea what ABA was, but when I started, it was right when they had started doing the RBT certification, um, which is only, I think, six or seven years old. And I started, and when I started, they said, oh, we're uh, previewing or like giving this little RBT course that's not yet in the works, but we're like the intro class. And it was only people that had worked there for so long that could do it because they had levels of behavior techs, not RBTs yet. And I begged and begged. I was like, well, if I'm going to be in this, I want to be like certified. I want to do it correctly. So I fortunately like got into that first class of RBTs. Um, And at that job, you didn't have to be an RBT. It just kind of pushed you up a little bit and got you to be able to see more of the inside, like the graphing and the data and everything that was like the next step into that job, I guess. Um, I had never heard of a BCABA when I lived in Ohio. Um, so I was an RBT for a while and then I started my BCBA coursework and then I happened to go to Indonesia and came back like life changed um, (laughs) and decided to move somewhere where I could get a good, like an internship for hours. Um, and it was there that they're like, Hey, like we encourage you to become a BCABA because you get to kind of get your foot in the door and get a little bit of practice while still getting supervision. Um, so I was able to do that. I did that last November and then BCBA in May. You were like super fast tracked 
I feel like, you know? And um, you know what? Like when I was in Ohio, nothing against like anywhere I was, but I guess I wasn't really, I think I was feeling burnout and not the motivation to continue because I wasn't receiving like the supervision, like the, like the culture. Cause being a BCBA, as you guys know, and RBT, like being an RBT is tough. And mm-hmm. I feel like you feel that burnout and you're like, oh my gosh, like I love this so much. It's such a rewarding job, but like, mm-hmm. what's next? Like, what's next? Right. And I wasn't feeling that there was a next step. I was feeling, oh man, like nobody's yeah. motivating. There's no inspiration. There's no motivation to move forward. So once yeah. I moved to a place that I felt that culture and support, it was like, I'll, I'll, that's all I thought about. That's all I wanted. Like, like unrestricted hours all the time, like <laughs> trying yeah. to learn everything that's I could. Really as fast I could. Um, I'm just going to do a little background since I know that we know each other, but just to help people understand the whole story. So pretty much Brittany was working in Ohio as RBT. And then we met um, doing our volunteer trip with the Global Autism Project when we went to Indonesia together. I have never met Brittany before that time. (laughs) I came in and we were just like randomly placed in a team, obviously, I guess, based on like strengths and weaknesses. Um, But pretty much we met each other and we went on this month-long journey of being in Indonesia and working at the Room of Tiara Center and then traveling together. And that's how we are still like friends today. So I also want to say that when we were in Indonesia, I feel like um, not only in my life, but I know in your life, it was a big catalyst for things to come. So I feel when you were there that you were an RBT and you're, you told yourself, I can't, I need to move. I need to do something. I need to, I need to change. And she was kind of in the setting where she was burned out. And then during that time when we were in Indonesia, she said to herself and to us, um, our other friend, Joe, I need to move. I need to go somewhere else. And that's where, you know, you started looking, you were looking before, but then you moved to North Carolina, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that, that like, if I could tell people that are getting burnout, something I would say is like, it might not be the field. It might be where you're at because more than across states, yeah, more than across states, I think across companies, right. You have to find the one that is your good fit. Like I'm all about like self care, like, Honestly, it's been hard not, like, I do in-home now. It's been hard to not have that community. Like, you have to kind of build it yourself when you're not, like, in a center all day every day. Yeah. Um, but the thing, you find the things that are important and rewarding to you to make you want to do your best. Because I was at a point where I was, like, it was almost like clocking in and clocking out every day. Like, I felt like, oh, like, this is, like, I don't want to go to work. Like, I'm thinking, like, oh, am I sick? Like, like right. what is it that's making, I just was so unhappy that before I went to Indonesia, I mean, it kind of saved my career. career. Yeah. Because I yeah. was, like, I mean, it was so moving to be over there and to meet other like, like-minded individuals that have been like, Hey, I've been there. I've right. been like that too. Maybe you need to make a change. Like it's not the field. It's and not to say the field isn't for everybody. And I think thinking, is it not for me or is there another change I can make? Because we do such impactful work. Like it's amazing what we do and you have to, fill your cup. And if it's not getting filled where you're at, like it can be tough. Change your environment. You're making such good points, Brittany, on this episode, like <laughs> from your journey and your perspective into becoming a BCBA. Definitely. Brittany. So I know you talked about um, working in home. So has that been um, your experience since you've been in the field or have you kind of, um, I also heard you mentioned clinic um, experience. 
So where's your experience now? What was it in the past? And do you have like a preference? So it's so interesting because my first job was very intensive. Um, we, it was at a big center in Ohio and the kids, it was like a, a school for kids with autism. They went all day long. Um, you know, we even had some kids with um, more intensive behaviors. Like it was very much like, it was a very unique experience. Um, the kids had, like you had your morning kid of ABA of three hours and then we had lunch and then the afternoon kid of three hours. And um, it was very different, but I was glad that I was exposed to that world first. Um, Cause I feel like I got a lot of experiences that I think some new, new BCBAs would be like, like I've heard some new BCBAs say, oh, I don't want to deal with kids with behaviors. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, actually, I'm very thankful that I've gotten to see like more of a spectrum. So A, I feel prepared and B, I don't have like a bias of like working, like pref everybody has their jam, like younger kids, older kids. But I think when we don't have the experience, sometimes we're like, oh, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be good at that. Like, oh, I'm afraid that that would scare me. Um, so I guess I'm sorry, like branched out, but that was my first experience. And then I went to a smaller school where we did pull out ABA. Um, and that was interesting because it was a special needs school, special education. But there's a lot of clash there between the ABA field and special ed teachers, which I'm sure you guys have had some experience with. They're different schools of thought. So sometimes it doesn't always see eye to eye. Um, so that was interesting. And then I went to just an ABA clinic, an outpatient ABA clinic. And then now I'm in home, um, which I always said, <laughs> I will never go to in-home ABA. But I always thought, oh, I don't want to do it. And I think that the reason was is my experience in it was that it was very unstructured and not, like I felt like the RBT that didn't know what they were doing. Like I went in home and I didn't have a lot of guidance. You know, I felt like, oh my, like what am I supposed to be doing with my time? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has helped me as an in-home BCBA say to my RBTs, like, please, please, please don't feel that way. Like, let me know if you are feeling that way. Cause I don't want you to experience it the way that I did. And not that anybody did it the wrong way. I just think that the times that I had been in home, it was as an extension of in clinic. So it wasn't really just a specifically like this is an in-home mm -hmm. program. We're working with these things. It was, it was kind of just a different thing. Whereas, like I said, now it's all in home. Um, and I, it was tough to break into. It was, it's a very different world. Um, but I like it now. And I like that I can change the way it looks for some families um, that have maybe had a not so good in home experience or a not so good clinic experience where they didn't feel like they were part of it. That's so true. I think sometimes when we're in our uh, growing in our career, we kind of forget what it's feel like to be like that first newbie RBT in your first year where you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this kid for three hours and make sure I get all my programs in? And I know I'm not really supposed to put a schedule, but I need the schedule more than like this kid does type of thing, you know? Absolutely. And I, again, I think that I like, when I was in home, it was never exclusively. So I, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. And I think there's things that as a BCBA that you really need to put yourself in the RBT's shoes and think like, like sometimes I've been in the field so long that I think, what did I think on day one? I didn't know anything. Like the things that I've known for seven or eight years are 
seem like common sense to me, but they're not. Like when I talk to somebody that's not in the field and I say, well, yeah, da, 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 da. They look at me like, well, yeah, what? Like that doesn't make any sense. Right, and I think, right. oh, like all my friends are BCBA. is like, right. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's like when we're like, oh, you know, and they're like, no, I don't know. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> hold on, let me explain it. But I love that you talk about always going back to like your experience as a therapist. Christine and I talk about that often and it's something that as a supervisor now, I'm always like, okay, what did I feel like? Or what was I missing when I was a therapist that I wasn't necessarily getting from my supervisors? And now in this supervision role and as a BCBA, something that we talk about is the lack of someone having our back, right? Like we're there for our therapist, but who can we go to or who's there for us, right? And especially now that you're in home and I don't know, right, like you lack that uh, experience or that community of like working in a clinic where you see these people every day unless you reach out maybe you're not getting that so I guess based on previous conversations and things that we've talked about is like what can we do or like in order to cultivate that community of support for BCBAs newly certified analysts and things like that we've talked about the possibility of making mentorship mandatory um like the first year post-certification that was something that you know we had thought of. Is there anything that has worked for you where you think that the field needs more of for newly certified you know, analysts? I think that the mentorship is a great idea. Um, something that I struggled with as I like, and I even was telling my supervisor, I tell her frequently, like, I have imposter syndrome, hardcore. Like, I was, yes. an RB, I was a RBT for six or seven years. Like, I sometimes parents ask me a question and I know the answer, but I inside inside I'm like quivering because I'm like, do they trust me? Like, do I know what's best? Do I know this? And I do like, I've been doing it for a long time, but there are still days that I think, am I good enough? Am I doing the right thing? Like, is that the right answer? And in all reality, like it could be the wrong answer and I'm doing what I think is best. So I need to have the confidence to say, Hey, this is what we're going to try. Trust me, if it doesn't work, I'm still here. We're going to check back in. We're going to find what's best. And, you know, we're all on the same team here. But sometimes I find that, like, my insecurities are, like, fighting me on the inside. And I'm like, oh. Um, and right. so I think, especially working in home, like, that's something I've really had to face and, like, conquer. And it, it is hard when you're not. Like when you're in a clinic, it's, if you're in a good like environment, like my last job, it was so supportive and you know, it was like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, how's it going? There's somebody to ask a question in home. My supervisors are very supportive and they have jobs too. So it's not like I can turn to the next cubicle and say something. I definitely can shoot them an email or a text or a G chat and they are sure to get back with me as soon as possible. But there's sometimes that wait period where I sit and almost perseverate um, on, oh my gosh, is this the right thing? Like, what did I do? What did I say? And it's yeah. really challenging, I think. And I think that some of the things that you get thrown as a new BCBA are not things that you learn in school at all. Um, like, you can learn, I've met people that know the books backwards and forwards, and still when it comes to other skills, it's lacking, and it's not because of them necessarily. It's like, in school, we're not taught those, the soft skills or the interpersonal skills or the yes. mm -hmm. the we did this, now what? Like, it's just, yeah, I can analyze the data. I know the reasons why. I know pre-MAC principle. I know, like, all these things. But 
I like, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, I don't know this. Right. Do I do this? <laughs> it's so awesome that you bring this up because we constantly talk about this, which is one of the reasons why we started this podcast. And it's because we don't really talk about what therapists go through and what we, you know, day to day basis too. And especially now I was going to say like during a global pandemic, you know, you became a BCBA and moved and started a new job during the midst of this whole pandemic. <laughs> so I'm sure that's even put more of a weight um, on everything that you've been going through, you know? How has it been, how was that big change for you? Changing states, cha changing certification, passing your exam, studying for your exam in the pandemic. Um, how did that go? So, you know, I, I guess like, since I said that I never wanted to go in-home, I feel like it has been, maybe some people might say riskier, that I'm in home because I'm going to people's homes. But I think that when I moved up here, a lot of, at the time, a lot of the clinics were closed um, or really weren't able to take on new people because of the pandemic. Like, so it was nice that I moved and it was interesting to see how many people were still wanting services. Like the, the in-home, I feel like the in-home base grew here because mm -hmm. um, we have waiting lists. Like, we have families that my company recently, they've like taken measures to like the BCBAs do a lot of telehealth. Um, there's a mask mandate and I know that can't keep everybody safe, but the families have been very good at like following procedures and like the service. I think the pandemic has shown me how important services are to people. So like yeah. I had a family recently, like I had families that like I had to say like, Hey, unfortunately if you guys travel during the holidays, like, you have to quarantine when you get back. We're not able to have services. And I was like, oh my gosh, these parents are going to be so mad at me. Like, da, da, da. And in all reality, they said, hey, if that causes us to lose services, we won't go. Our services are that important. And not only did that, like, show me how important and necessary our services are, mm -hmm. but it, like, touched me because I was like, oh my gosh, like, these people are willing to, like, completely alter their life because that's how important this is to them. Like they understand the pandemic, they understand all this and they're saying, you know what? We won't see our families, which is sad, but mm -hmm. services are that important to them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think while I have been affected by the pandemic a little bit doing in home, it, it's not as much as I think some other places have been and some other like companies maybe or in home or in clinic services. Yeah, um, because I think the pandemic's shown us how important we are. Like, I did have that thought, like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to find a job? Like, was this a bad choice to move? Like, and I, I mean, there's still people looking for BCBAs and looking for services like crazy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's super true. Brittany, um, what advice would you give either newly certified um, BCBAs or therapists who are either feeling imposter syndrome or just overall insecure or new to the role and are just experiencing all of the things that you have felt that we have felt, what would be some advice that you can lend? I think a self-care, self-care, self-care. Um. <laughs> Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I, I mean, there have been weeks, especially as a new BCBA. I mean, you guys know being in the field that there are weeks that it's like the work just never ends. Like there's literally always something to do. 
And I would find myself doing work every single day, like seven days a week, maybe not a full day, but Saturday morning pulling up my computer. Oh, I need to update this graph. And I had to take a step back and be like, gosh, like, yes, it's important to get this work done. And you cannot serve from an empty cup. Like you need to take a minute. Like it is better for you to go take a walk than to sit here at this computer, like feeling so drained. Um, And then for RBTs, I would say like, reach out. And if you're not feeling the support in the way that, in the place that you reach out to find somewhere else to reach out. Um, I've had great supervisors and I've had supervisors that I didn't feel like were there for me. And I think that when you get shut down by a supervisor, especially when you're new in the field, it can feel like, oh, this must be the way it is. Um, And I've been there where I thought, oh, this is what a BCBA does. They just, they're in their office. They're not paying, you know, and that's not how it should be. And I think if you think, gosh, I needed support and I didn't get it, not thinking that's the way it should be, thinking this isn't the way it should be. Like I'm doing tough and important work. I deserve to be supported and that child or adult deserves to be supported. Um, So I think never hitting a roadblock, maybe hitting a speed bump um, and figuring out how you can get over it. Um, And then as a new BCB, I think having your own back. And if you don't know the answer, being okay to say, I'm not sure. Let me go find it out for you because I think families trust you more when you say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to do some research for you. And then knowing, letting them know how much work you're putting into it rather than saying, oh, I don't like, (laughs) rather than I guess guessing. Um, I found that often parents, like it's so much easier to bond with parents when you're honest um, and when you trust yourself and you're going and saying, hey, I know what I'm doing. And we're a team, Um, especially that's something I've noticed doing in-home that you really are a team with the parents. So it, part of the job is doing all the BCBA stuff, but part of the job is those soft skills in making that ethical relationship with the family. Um, Yeah. So I'm not over here, hands raised. You guys can't see me, but Brittany is speaking all the words of wisdom right now. Like, wow, it's so true. It's so relatable and uh, you'll need to hear it. This is why Brittany and, you know, our other friend, Joe, like we're just so close because this is part <laughs> of my like ABA community, not only with Natalie, but I'm just so, so thankful to have you in my life and to be able to reach out to you. And I feel like Having you in my community, you understand what I'm going through at some times. And there have been really tough times where I've called Brittany or Joe. And I, I'm, I'm burned out. This is it. You know, I don't know if we can, I can do it anymore type of thing. And Brittany just puts down all those truth bombs and super good advice. <laughs> but, and yeah, then a I little mean, like live your best life in there type of thing. But, oh my gosh, I'm so, so, you know, like yeah. I've definitely been there where I'm the one that's like, like sobbing on the floor, like, can I do this job? What else should I just go back to being a server? Like, can I, (laughs) what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And then you like, really, I mean, we neglect to think about how much of the job is like, you know, picking yourself up as the country would say by the bootstraps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is so true. Well, I just want to say thank you so, so much for, being with us on this episode and letting us interview you and just giving us all this great advice. I know that this is going to help um, future RBTs, future BCABAs, BCBAs. Um, this was such an insightful episode. I know I needed it. I'm about to take my finals tomorrow. I needed this little pick me up. 
you know? So oh can I say one more thing? Yes, yes, of course. So in regards to RBTs, BCBAs, just to warm your heart. So also I think as a BCBA telling RBTs that they're doing a good job. And I say that because this last week, a parent told me like in tears of the progress their child's making because of their new RBT. The new RBT had never done any ABA before ever at all. And it's a guy, which is rare in our field. Yes. And I sent him an email saying like, Hey, mom's really happy. Like da da da. And he sent me back an email saying, I never thought I'd be good at this. I can't believe you're saying this. I'm new. And like, I feel like it like made him see like his impact and helped him, I guess. And I think back like how many times as an RBT, I wish my boss would have like, not, yes. in all jobs. I, I have had bosses that are like that. And I've yeah. had bosses that haven't. And I thought, Man, if just somebody would say, keep it up. Yeah. Excellent <laughs> job today. Yes. That is so, so true. Our work, uh, I would say culture is very about constructive criticism. Yes. But constructive criticism is great. I love it. We all thrive on it. But we it's it's hard when we're not getting that good job a little bit. Yes. Because sometimes, you know, especially now during the pandemic, everybody's going through everything. We work a lot with people that are going through difficult situations. And sometimes we're the punching bag too, you know, with yeah. other things. I felt that way, but. That love is- yourself and love each other. Yes. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah, it's true. It's especially from the therapist point of view, you're going in and you're doing, you know, not the same thing, but you're going into the same clients or whatever it is daily. And as a supervisor, you're not doing that. And they don't know if they're doing a good job or not a good job because their supervisor isn't present. And when we are there, we're providing that positive reinforcement or that feedback or that correction. So having that, I think is super valuable. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it is super important. And as supervisors, we need to make sure that we are doing that for our therapists because at the end of the day, there are hands, our ears, our eyes, our everything when we're not there. And if we don't have that, it's really hard to do our jobs. We can't do yeah. our jobs without and them. And they don't have, they might not have that relationship with parents that parents might say, oh my gosh, so-and-so is so great. And if I don't relay that, then they're like, oh gosh, like parents never say anything to me. But parents might not think that they're allowed to have that kind of communication with the therapist. Right. They might feel like, oh, the therapist is here for this. I need to talk to Brittany for this because she's the supervisor. And that, that email chain between that therapist and me really made me think like, man, it's very important for us to provide the construction constructive criticism and like guide them to be their best. And I definitely want to say, Hey, let's fix this so it can be better. But Mm -hmm. also, Hey, like you did, I saw this thing you did today and it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It just made me think I was like, Oh my God. Like I was like teary because I'm overly emotional. I was like, Oh my gosh, he knows he's doing a good job. (laughs) Yes. I just love you, Brittany. Like (laughs) you're one of my most favorite people on this planet. I just want to love you for that. Like, Um, (laughs) awesome well guys i hope that you enjoyed this episode you had some insight into becoming a bcba and just really great advice from Brittany. make sure to hit that subscribe button to get a response prompt for our next episode next week and make sure to follow us at onward behavior for more updates until next time guys keep moving onward and pay it forward